welcome to the Aluminum Linings Podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything except for our day jobs. I am joined today, I'm very excited, today I'm joined by our first international guest and also like probably the second person who is just not my dad or a direct relative of me. <laughs> uh, I'm joined today by Mel. Mel uses the pronouns she, her, and today I'm pretty sure we're talking about Google Deep Dives and snacks, which I'm also very excited about. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> so I finally figured out how to remotely record podcasts, which is a lot easier than it sounds, actually. Um, so this is kind of my fault that I haven't really been doing a ton of podcasts. But I put out a tweet the other day being like, hey, friends, come on my podcast. And uh, Mel was the first person that was like, I'll come on your podcast. I'll talk about snacks. So I'm very excited. <laughs> so yeah, it's ironic because I'm really actually a really shit cook. And it was just that I was thinking about snacks at that particular time. <laughs> so what are your usual go-to snacks if you could just go to uh, the grocery store at any time if we lived in that world anything so. salty salty I'm so mm. salty <laughs> there are mostly it's just tortilla chips but uh, here in Prague there's a lot of sweet snacks or like cookies and wafers lots of wafer cookies and I find this the salty snack selection is never exactly what I want so I end up just eating sweet snacks anyway because that's what <laughs> snacks seem to be. Well, um, you know, potato chips only get you so far. Ah, uh, see, I disagree. Chips are like my number one snack. <laughs> I just like. Um, so, do you make your own snacks? Or are you talking about when you say snacks? Are you talking about something that you can go and buy and just eat outright? Uh, usually just something that I go and buy. I'm not much of a cook. My best friend comes over a lot, and she loves to cook, and she'll cook us like nice meals. But I'll go downstairs. <laughs> uh, so I live above a little grocery store. Oh, okay. I'll go in there and they do like themed weeks. Every week is like a different theme. Um, and I know those are regional. So like in certain countries, the themes are different. But here there's France week and the Spanish week, German week. Uh, American week to me is really funny because I'm American living here. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like, oh, junk food week. But they call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it just the real <laughs> gallons of Sunny D and just like Cool Ranch Doritos? Or uh, like what it's do like, they? They have like pizza but with a different branded box than the regular pizza okay. uh, honestly I can't tell the difference like a lot of it's the same stuff that they normally have they just put it in a box that has a statue of liberty on it <laughs> um peanut butter and they had marshmallows but they were horrible I thought it was really funny they did a thing of like chicken nuggets but included curry sauce and I was like yeah that sounds American <laughs> Not I don't know who oh eats curry God. sauce with their nuggets but I guess I think German people, maybe British people, probably not Americans, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm just one American. Sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> so yeah. like, how is that? How is like with all the social distancing and stuff, do you find have your ha snacking habits changed at all? Are you snacking more? Are you snacking less? Snacking on different stuff? Oh, I snack so much. It's horrible. I just get bored. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I guess I'll just eat something. I don't know. Just go over to the kitchen. Yeah, I think like a lot of us are kind of in the, the mentality of like, I need something and I don't know what it is, whether it's like physical closeness with like another human being or just but our options are like snacks. <laughs> um, I think my favorite snacks that I've had recently were these like tea, matcha tea cookies that were in the like import section, the like, okay. Asian imports, and they had chocolate on one side and then I guess some sort of matcha powder on the other and it tastes like green tea and chocolate and I didn't think that was something I would like but I did hmm. yeah that seems like an interesting combination 
I was really bad at the beginning of all this because I'm I'm used to grocery stores being open till like 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I do my grocery shopping super late at night. I go when it's super dead. I'll go at like 10 o'clock and just like rip through the grocery store because I hate grocery shopping so much. But I also don't buy more than like three or four days worth of groceries at a time because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's just me. And then if I, I don't want to like buy all this produce and waste it and blah, blah, blah. So I do like sure. super small grocery runs. So at the beginning of all this, when I was like, I have to buy two weeks worth of groceries at a time. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Or like I would get <laughs> home and be like, Kate, I'm ready. I'm going to the grocery store. And then my roommates would be like, no, you're not. It's eight o'clock at night. They're closed already. And I'm like, why? I don't know how to function now. <laughs> Are they closing earlier then? Yeah, so it's basically so that staff can stock the shelves without people uh, doing their grocery shopping so that the aisles are empty so that they can mm-hmm. kind of maintain the like one-way flow of traffic. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, no, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's definitely been an adjustment for me. I have also dabbled in homemade snacks. I made homemade Oreo cookies and I just filled them with like Nanaimo bar filling. Oh my goodness. That is not a salty snack, but oh my goodness. Sounds really good though. <laughs> it was like, and it's one of those things where I, I didn't have stuff for like cream cheese icing, but I had stuff for Nanaimo mm-hmm. bar filling and I was like, ah, oh, what's the harm? And then I was like, I can never make regular Nanaimo bars again. Okay. Confession. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so an Nanaimo bar. Okay. So like, uh, I was like, that sounds really good. And I'm like, no, you don't know what that is, but it sounds good. I don't know if it's like a Canadian thing, whether it's actually named after because we have a place in Nanaimo, B.C. um, in British Columbia, one of the provinces that we have. And so I can hear the judgment of my best friend right now. She's from B.C. and I have no idea. what. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't. But the thing is, I don't know either. I don't know if it's like a regional thing or if it's related to something else entirely where it was like created there and then spread across Canada or what. But Nanaimo bars are basically you have kind of like a. Like a chocolate, some people put coconut or like graham crumbs in it, base. And then basically mm-hmm. you have kind of this basically like vanilla-y filling. And then you put a layer of melted chocolate on top. And they're these nice little squares. So it's like a nice dark chocolate layer. You got your like yellow filling in it. And then you've got your upper mm-hmm. chocolate layer. And they're really good. My mom makes them all the time at Christmas time. So when I moved out, I learned how to make them because, you know, why not? Nice. So yeah. it's kind of like the filling is like basically butter and like vanilla custard powder. Like it's not, <laughs> it's nothing fancy. <laughs> you want to talk about trash food. Let me tell you about our <laughs> filling. Reminds me last weekend, my, or actually, was it last? I don't know. Time is an illusion. In the time before today, uh, (laughs) was it last weekend? Was it three days ago? I don't remember. But recently, because they've started opening stores up here again, Um, my friend and I have been going on a walk together because I live alone and I'm just like, I need some social contact (laughs) somehow. So we go on walks and, you know, we would like go just walking in streets and parts of the city we haven't really explored before and we found this store that's called in check the name is like your cheap store like just cheap stuff okay like, oh, okay the store for me <laughs> yeah and so we went in when they finally reopened and it's basically like a liquidation snack store like mm-hmm. all of the random junk and snacks that did not sell at regular stores gets dumped into this store look like some of it like might be expired it looked real random so we bought I got mint flavored Oreos because I was like, that sounds intriguing. Some ginger snap cookies that turned out to be really good. And then this horrible soft drink called Magic Malt. Okay. And we were just curious, like, what is it? It's magic. I got to try it. So we bought 
we each got one and there were like five crowns, which is essentially like, I don't know, 25 cents. Um, okay. That should be a sign. <laughs> <laughs> we opened the can. Oh, the smell was so bad. It smells like fish and soy sauce in a soft really? can. <laughs> it tasted like, like old molasses water mixed with, I don't, I don't know what it was. It just tasted horrible. And I was oh like, well, today we learned. <laughs> Okay, so here's my next question for you. Did you drink the whole thing thinking, like, maybe eventually I will like this? Or was it, like, you took one (laughs) sip and you're like, I can't. I cannot. One sip alone was, like, honestly, the smell to me was way worse than the taste. The taste was bad, but the smell was atrocious. So I feel like before it could even get in my mouth I was already revolting like no please <laughs> your body so, was like smells so bad I can't no. do this <laughs> we still have the other can because we bought two and it's just sitting in my fridge and I'm like so what friend I'm gonna like try and prank oh you should try this new drink it's really good it's from the Netherlands I think maybe <laughs> so do you think it went bad or do you think that it's supposed to taste like that I'm pretty sure it's supposed to taste like that Oh my goodness. Yeah. Maybe that'll be like the new like icing thing where you just put a nasty can of pop somewhere and <laughs> wow, yeah. that's so okay. I don't know what I'll do with that, but I've got a can of poison in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, have you watched any of those probably not. Have you watched any of those like disaster prepper shows? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So, this is like listen, everyone has like trash hobbies and interests and one of mine is disaster preppers and it's for no <laughs> like I feel like some of it is just I love watching the reaction of regular people when someone is really intense about disaster prepping. But I also feel a lot more comfortable about like my own things when I'm like, well, I have one sleeping bag in my car just in case. But this sure. person has a bug out bag and a bus waiting. For this. <laughs> like, I'm cool. So I'm so normal. Yeah, I'm crazy. not overreacting. <laughs> I'm the well adjusted one. Uh-huh. But, you know, you never know what's going to become like a rare like bargaining chip, you know, in the future when currency ceases to exist. Of course. So maybe, you know, Magic Malt is the next hundred dollar bill. We don't know. Better hold on to that. No, you're really encouraging my hoarding tendencies. (laughs) (laughs) I love stuff. (laughs) The next thing I would like to talk to you about, and I'm also very excited about this. Tell us about your cat, please. Oh, please. Yes. Uh, her name is Mishka, of course. She's a beautiful little princess. She's very fluffy. I believe her official breed name would be American medium hair, which is just like, oh, she's from America and her hair is like medium length. Yeah. So, you know, your standard shelter cat. She's a tortoiseshell. I got her in 2011, back when I was living in Texas. And I moved her here to the Czech Republic with me three years ago. So now she's a little expat cat, just like me. And earlier... Actually, I think it was late last year, 2019, I decided to create a Facebook group dedicated to animals named Mishka. (laughs) I love it so much. So first of all, (laughs) is this like, can anyone join this group? Oh, sure. You don't have to. You can be either a Mishka owner or a Mishka appreciator. Okay. Okay. So how can people find this Facebook group? Uh, It's on Facebook. It's called This is Mishka. Okay. Perfect. Pretty, pretty easy. Hi, everyone. This is Mac in post. A couple things. One, I'm sorry the audio is a little bit off in this episode. Uh, It was my first time remote recording, and I just didn't have some of the settings set quite right. But we're learning. Uh, What I'm not sorry for is the delightful conversation that you are now privy to, despite our audio struggles. 
Uh, the second thing is that we found out later that you do have to go to facebook.com slash groups slash this is Mishka, and Mishka is spelled M-I-S-H-K-A. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, 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 that's the actual address. You created this group. How long did it take for anyone to kind of sort of jump in on this? Okay, well, it would have immediately my best friends joined. So we had five people in the group. It's me okay. and four other appreciators of my Mishka. Okay. Uh, but I joined probably 50 animal-based groups on Facebook. You know, it all started where I was like, and this cat is chonky, which is an amazing, well-known cat group mm-hmm. for those in the, in the, in the scene. <laughs> Facebook animals. <laughs> but it, it, it evolved and now I'm in snakes with hats. I'm in um not to be dramatic, but I would die for this reptile, uh hamsters anonymous, uh hedgehogs of the world. There's so many animal groups, so many passionate people out there about their pets. And each time I join a group, you have to answer a bunch of questions about why you're there and like, are you gonna encourage good pet practices and so on. I've learned so much about different animal care that of pets I don't have and have never had. And I always just go in and I then I search the group for Mishka and I'll search different spelling variants like M-I-S-C-H-K-A, possibly with the C-H instead of the S-H or maybe a Misha. I'll allow a Misha in, into the group. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I'll just find them and I'll just comment and be like, wow, your Mishka is so beautiful. Why don't they join my group? <laughs> uh, and I've got about 45 people in the group and I think about 30 of them have Mishkas. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's the kind of energy the world needs right now. Yeah, it's not exactly the most efficient way. Um, the thing that I really need to do that I haven't yet, that it's like on my like to-do list, but I'm like, oh, it's going to be so much is to go on Instagram because I know there are, I looked for like one minute, like less than a minute and I mm-hmm. searched Mishka and there's so many pets named Mishka. And I was like, this is overwhelming because I'm not really used to Instagram. So that'll be like my next step is like find a way to get the Insta Mishkas together oh. as well. Maybe yeah. I'll have to make an Instagram for this is Mishka. Yeah, maybe. I mean, at uh, least then you can post all in one spot and it'll go to both, but still. Wait, into my other hobby, which is yeah. learning computer programming. Mm-hmm. And my first project that I want to do with computer coding is make a web page dedicated to Mishka's. So I don't really know what it will look like or how it will work. But I feel like if I can find a way, because, you know, all the social media platforms, there's not always a lot of like ways, you know, there's some like overlap. And like I can share Instagram posts on Facebook really easily, but it's kind of hard to go the other way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to find like like Mishka Central, like a place to like this is where all the Mishkas are at this website. Yeah. <laughs> a hub for Mishkas. Yeah, basically. <laughs> One of my most favorite moments in my Mishka quest is I did an I made an illustration of a snake in a hat. It's like a little cartoon snake wearing a witch's hat, and it says, "Do you know a Mishka? Mm-hmm. Do you know a Mishka snake? Sorry, not a snake, but S S N E K, like cute cute. Oh, okay, which, yeah, yeah. Do you know a Mishka snake? I'm looking for snakes named Mishka. If anyone knows a snake named Mishka, please join my Mishka group. <laughs> and somebody comp- commented, this is the most fucking weird and specific hobby I've ever heard of, and I am here for it. <laughs> and their comment was deleted because they said fucking, but I was like, Aww. I screenshot it. 
<laughs> so I'm still looking for a snake Mishka and a bird. I found a bird Misha, I think, or Mishka. Um, I've seen some birds named Mishka out there, but their owners did not respond or join my group. So I'm like, no, Dang. please. Yeah, so bird Mishka is still out there. Um, so, it's real fun when people in the group will post animals that they've seen in the news named Mishka. Like there is a snow leopard in the Melbourne Zoo named Mishka who had cubs recently this okay. earlier this year. So we've got a Mishka mum, snow leopard. And then someone just sent me an article from 2015 about a one-year-old otter from Alaska who's in a sanctuary who's just trained to use an inhaler because they have asthma. Oh, oh my goodness. The first known case of asthma in an otter is little Mishka. And this was five years ago, so I don't know where Mishka's at now. But they did say that they won't be releasing Mishka into the wild because of the asthma. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's so sad that the otter has asthma, but also like... It's okay, because they trained her to use her inhaler. Exactly. I hope they put an air chamber on that thing, you know? (laughs) It's like a thing where she just pushes her face up against something, and then they, I don't know, release the drugged air, and Mishka breezes in. She's good. I didn't know this. I learned a little bit about asthma and animals when I was like reading this. I was like, what? Animals get asthma. Apparently, it's horses, cats, and humans for the most part. And they actually sell horse inhalers and cat inhalers for veterinary medicine for like and cats and horses with asthma. And this for the otter, they like adapted a cat inhaler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because like I have I have pretty bad asthma. Um, and I like I've had it since I was a kid. And I remember at the hospital I used to go to, they actually had a poster up on the wall being like, animals have asthma too. And there was like a Aww. picture of a horse and a cat on there with the like face uh-uh, mask no on. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's wild. Oh my goodness. Well, I just let me write down Google otter with asthma later. <laughs> so why did you pick the name Mishka? Let's backtrack a little bit here. Oh, so that was an accident. Um, originally did not name her Mishka. In the shelter, she was like three months old and her name was Lainey, which was like cute. But, you know, I kind of wanted to name my own cat. And she's little, so I was like, I can name her something. And at the time, I was reading a really trashy series of vampire novels okay. um, called The Noble Dead, which is like high fantasy meets vampire slaying. So think Lord of the Rings plus, I don't know, Buffy sort of. OK, OK. Uh, but novels. The, OK. Not the best writing. But I really liked them um, Mm -hmm. at first, at least. They kind of went downhill after the like, I don't know, eighth one. Uh, But in the series, the two characters like goal, their sort of like dream was, you know, leave the the dirty, hard life of a vampire hunter behind them and settle down and run an inn at the seaside town of Miiska. (laughs) Miiska was the dream and like they were always trying dreaming of their inn at Miiska that they were going to run once they had enough money from vampire hunting and then of course the next book they finally get the inn at Miiska and it turns out Miiska is infiltrated with vampires and now they have to hunt them in Miiska oh no (gasps) (laughs) but Miiska sounds like such a cute name I really like the sound of it it's like M-I with the umlaut so you pronounce it twice it's a double I sound Miiska which is cute and it sounds like a cat name to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of weird to say. It kind of like it's Miiska, Miiska. And it just morphed within like, I don't know, three or four days into Mishka. Very quickly, Miiska became Mishka and Mishka. So that's how that happened. Ah, okay. But there's a lot of pets named Mishka because in Russian, it means little bear or teddy bear. Oh, I didn't know that. So 
you'll see a lot of Siberian Huskies and Siberian, I am all over the Siberian pets groups because this is where the Mishkas are. <laughs> People give their, their animals like themed, you know, like, oh, my Siberian Husky should have like a cool Russian sounding name or my Siberian cat. Um, and little bear is of course adorable. Mishka sounds cute. It's also the nickname for Michael in Russian. So there are men whose nickname is Mishka in real life. Oh, okay. They are welcome to join the group as Mishka appreciators, but my group is only about animals named Mishka. Fair so. enough, fair enough. <laughs> Not about people. Uh-huh. They can have their own group. They can make that if that's something they want. But yeah, so it's little bear, it's teddy bear in Russian. But in other Slavic languages, it has other meanings. So in Czech, I didn't know this when I named her, and I didn't even know that I was going to move to the Czech Republic. Uh, that was just something that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Mishka is little mouse. Oh, really? Yes. And that's so you so named cute. your cat Mouse. Yes, little mouse. So I tell tech people, <laughs> oh, it's your cat named little Mishka. And they're like, oh, that's so cute. Cat named little mouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her nickname is little mouse bear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So are, do you know what it means in any other languages? Well, those are the only ones I've heard. So I don't okay. know if any other secret meanings to, yet to be unveiled. Yeah, I will say yeah. in Russian, it's the, the way I spelled her name, M-I-S-H-K-A. Okay. But in it's M-Y-S-K-A, and the S has like a funny little symbol over it called Hachek, which looks like a little upside down hat, and that makes the sh sound. Oh, okay. So the word for mouse is Mish, and then in Czech you can add a diminutive to make it small. Mishka is little mouse, small oh. mish. Mishka. Guys, we're learning, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> so like, what if you wanted to call her Big Mouse? What would be the difference there? Oh, God, I don't even know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. I, I don't know the, is there a, what's the opposite of a diminutive and enlargative? <laughs> and, and augmentative? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know they have that in, I speak Portuguese and they have it in Portuguese, but I don't know that in Czech. Man, how many languages you got under your belt now? Um, well, like, how do you count them? It's hard to tell. Uh, I can have conversations in Portuguese and French. I can okay. communicate in Czech, and I'm studying it to try and get it better because next year I'll have been here five years and I can apply for permanent residency. But oh, to okay. get that, I'll need to pass a Czech language exam. And Czech is just really hard, and I'm not really motivated, which is shameful. <laughs> um, I do study, and I have studied a lot on and off, and I don't. I think you know sometimes I don't give myself enough credit. I can communicate Czech. I do have good moments of like victory, mm-hmm. but it's also just challenging. And a lot of the time when you, you try to practice with Czech people, they are really like, why are you doing this to me? Just speak English. I speak English. Please mm-hmm. don't make me listen to you butcher my language. I don't understand you. Um, or they just ask me outright, like, why? Why are you learning Czech? And I'm like, because <laughs> I live here. And they're like, but we speak English. And I was like, I know that's that's not to do. I live here. You know, yeah. I want to read my mail. People, so, they send me advertisements in the, in the mailbox. And there I can't could be some them. sick coupons in there that you're missing yeah, out I'm on. Missing out. <laughs> also, when, you know, like the tax office sends me letters, I'm probably reading those would be useful. But mm. instead, oh, I just yeah. look at a lot of numbers and I try to guess what this means. Oh, my goodness. So I actually asked a French person once why they sw- switch into English when an English person speaks French with them because it's very common like especially in Canada right we have we have huge francophone populations but a mm-hmm. lot of them have to speak English just because not everyone is bilingual mm-hmm. so I asked this guy one time I was like I was like why don't 
why do why do you switch into English? And he lets out this huge long sigh, and then he goes, mm. "Parce que des fois vous êtes en misère." Which, for those of you who don't speak French, it's like it's basically saying you guys are you guys are in misery while you're trying to speak French to us. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it's kind of true. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, we see you struggling, and we just want to help, and we know you guys are trying to practice, but like for us, we want to like expedite the conversation. We're trying to be kind sure. and just be like, you know what? Let's if just want to communicate. Let's communicate in the language we can both use. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But oh, that to yeah. me, like that is one of my funniest moments in my like French mm-hmm. language acquisition. That's that's actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. I actually I improved my Czech interactions by prefacing any interaction where I speak Czech with um, service people of any kind, you know, the barista or people at the shop, if I'm going to say anything more than like, you know, uh, one coffee, if I want to say, if I actually do want to genuinely practice using a full sentence, I only do it if there's no line behind me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And I'll, I'll say to the person like, I'm sorry, I don't speak Czech well, but I am learning. Can I speak Czech with you? Oh, okay. And then usually there, it's a much better experience uh, because well, I've never had them say no. I think it, they might feel it would be rude to say no. Okay. Um, but at least in the experience, they do understand that, like, why my check is so bad and why I'm doing it is because I'm learning it. Like, because there's a lot of tourists. Well, there used to be tourists. <laughs> uh, there, there were a lot of tourists in Prague who might know a few phrases from their Facebook and they want to bust those out because it's fun. But, like, that's it, you know. Um, yeah. And they're like, I don't have time to be your, like, your Facebook experience like can we just can I just give you my coffee but if I tell them you're like I'm learning Czech I'd like to practice then they're usually they speak a little slower and simpler and they're like nicer and they seem quite happy like oh that's so sweet you're learning Czech Mm -hmm. um so I find that helps and if I go back to France which last time I was there was like three years ago I would probably do the same tactic again because when I was there I had a hard time getting them to stick to French for me even in France I was like please speak French with me and I do speak shitty French at least I can have you know like I'm like B1, so not amazing, but like I can okay, get by. Yeah. I can definitely talk to the waiter. Yeah. Um, but Somebody's it does help written a Delph exam. <laughs> oh, I'm an English teacher. I teach languages. So oh, okay, okay. You know the terminology from that. <laughs> no, uh, so it's languages are actually, they used to be a really big hobby of mine was studying languages. And I feel like since moving to a new country, ironically, uh, mm. that's a hobby that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. <laughs> Maybe because it's like all the time I'm forced to practice um, whether I like it or not. Uh, and it can be quite stressful when you have someone yelling at you in a language and you don't understand what's happening. Yeah, fair um, enough. And then I like I just want to get home and like I just want to unwind and not think about declensions, please. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's definitely like uh, uh, for me anyway, there's always this fear of like are they going to think that I don't understand them or are they going to think that I'm like willfully ignoring them or are they just going to think I'm like dumb? (laughs) Who knows? I always apologize and tell them I don't speak Czech well and it doesn't, usually if they're already kind of irritated and saying something in a way that, I think a lot of times it's just like also cultural miscommunication. It's not even a miscommunication because I've lived here long enough to know how the culture is here. People are very uh, abrupt and a bit blunt and you know niceties aren't really a thing in Czech or with Czech people you know one of the 
most check things I ever saw was like you send an email, you'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I need to reschedule our meeting for Thursday. Are you available? Mm-hmm. And they respond, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. No. And in the U.S., that's so, it just feels bad. You're mad. You hate me. You know, I yeah, believe, yeah. that's not an issue. It's they're just, they're, you asked a question. The answer was no. Right. What's the problem here? And I think a lot of the time when I, when I'm feeling uncomfortable and awkward, even though I know it's a different culture, it's hard to train myself to be like, take a step back. It's okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) The answer is no, you cannot have those oranges. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast. This has been wonderful. This is my first time on a podcast. Feels a lot like sitting in my my studio apartment, but (laughs) but somehow different, but somehow elevated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to like I know you have your your Mishka Facebook group and I'll link that in the podcast description for any bird or snake Mishka owners oh yeah uh, if you even heard of an animal named Mishka send them my way please yes this is yes special. let's get the Mishka hub up and running once you have your web page up I would love to hear how that goes for you if you're doing like are you doing html coding or what kind of coding are you doing been learning simultaneously HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which are all the basis of web development. Right. Um, I'm just kind of sort of exploring the whole coding world right now since uh, about February I started looking into it. And then, of course, Corona times have been real convenient, lots of free time. Yeah. Um, and also a lot more motivation since my job as a tour guide disappeared. And I'm like, maybe I should look into a more stable industry. Yeah. Maybe I should work from home. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, a job that you do remotely on a computer, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you'll have to come back and update us when that's all up and running and you have the Mishka Hub going. Thank you again. For those of you who don't know, because I haven't talked about it enough lately, my book came out in January. It's called A Book of This by Mackenzie Judd. Uh, You should search Mackenzie Judd, J-U-D-D, not A Book of This, because I named my book with a bunch of really nondescript words. So actually getting it to come up on Google is tough. Um, so just Google my name and my book will come up. It's a sci-fi book about a scientist who uh, has a string of genetically mutated ducks. It's a fun little read. You can get it pretty much anywhere you get your ebooks, uh, Smashwords, Apple Books, Amazon, anywhere you get Kobo. And you can get the print copy off my website, aluminumlinings.com, if you're in Canada. And otherwise, you can get it off Amazon, Blurb, Barnes & Nobles. The, all the links are on my website. Anyway, you can get it most places you get books. So that's my big thing that I'm plugging for this episode. Good luck. Have fun. Don't talk to strangers unless you want to make new friends. Okay, bye.